Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yo. Yo. Yeah, what's up? Going on. Chilling in the alley. That's right. What up, Bill? Uh, I wanna get it. I need to get another I need to hop on another uh Mickey's. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so so sorry about that. I think I I think I I am up hung up on you last time. Cause, uh, I don't know, whatever, they hung up on us. You know, they, you, they don't like to join from directly from uh, your call to talk to you. It's weird. Whenever, like, we're on the call together, and then we try to join, too, it always cuts us off. But, uh, apparently, we're on talk to you right now. I, I don't have any Internet access right now. It actually kicked me off the Internet completely. So, anyways, what you doing? Are you ready? You ready to dial out a little bit or what? Yeah, a little bit, a minute. Mister, can I call you Mister? Um, Mister. Gotta define that first, though. No, Mister, meaning man. Uh, uh, I guess so. Call me Master. (laughs) (laughs) Can I call you Master? <laughs> That's a trick though how Mr. Yeah. actually has three meanings. Mr. has three meanings. Yeah, this is you know what I'm saying? I think it's I think the thing is recording us, okay? I I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it's recording us, okay? But but uh I think that they cut my internet off. When I say that, I just think, I mean, whoever's monitoring my phone. And and so all I got is this phone thing, and, I, and I'm going to have to probably, you know, cut 
cut the phone or log on to some sort of Wi-Fi. Huh? Yeah. So, my boy, DJ is. The front line, then. I'm going to run in and let you get a sample of the front line for a second. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yo, that shit yeah. was tight, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's time to step it up, yo. I'm gonna check y'all later. All right, yo. Yeah. 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 What's up, though? Man, that, that, that beat was sick, bro. Those beats were ill, G. Yo, G. Yeah, that's the front line, Daniel. Yo, man, that shit was tight, bro. I was like, what? what? Yo. Man, those beats. I was I was freestyling over that. You heard that? Chilling right now, weeks. Yo, did you hear me freestyling over that beat, though? I heard we in a transition over there, though. He's trying to reorganize. You must be talking to someone else, right? Yeah, I am. He said he had to do something, but that's okay. <laughs> Mortgage? 
in what respect? I mean, to me, marketing and collateral would be like, you know, printed ads, album covers, tickets for the events, flyers for the events, like the stuff that's the website, stuff that's necessary to get the the artist's image out there, you know, or the project's image out there, you know. And then also the distribution channels, you know, that's like, that's what I really want to focus on. Like, we, I'm recording, I've been part of so many projects that they didn't fucking go nowhere. Money spent, time spent, the fucking shit gets recorded, mixed down, and it doesn't sound nothing. Nobody devises, like, the shit becomes dated, like, that shit's aggravating. Uh, I'm like, I'm not trying to be part of projects that don't do anything. I'm like, if we're going to start a project, we already know what the end result is. Let me start the thing. Right, you want to do some shit, right? You want to fucking... Yeah, I'm I done mean, doing this little fucking hey, punk shit and fucking... That reminds me. Some MySpace plays or some Facebook play. No, like, let's get some conversion deal. We need to be selling 100,000 albums at fucking $8 a piece or something, or $10 a piece. Exactly. You know? For real. That's what we need to be doing. Set a goal of 100,000 on every project or something and just fucking market it so it happens and then... You come back around for round two after you hit that goal, you know, if it's worthy project, you know. But, you know, once we set, like, a, a determined a set number, you know, and then because once you get a certain, like, we're, we're going to cater kind of to the innovators, you know, people that really enjoy the music. We're not going to, like, cater into people that are really stuck on the commercial stuff, like, you know, producers are going to like our music, like people that um. We're not gonna be like we're trying to blend in with the with the current stuff, you know. We're gonna be coming out with original stuff. You know? The goal is to make timeless music. You know? That part kind of ridiculous too, but timeless. Yeah, timeless. Because you know, like you go bust some Michael Jackson right now, yo. That shit's timeless, yo. Kids that just hearing it for the first time now, they're gonna get up and start dancing. You know what I mean? Like, we just break dancing on the floor with that shit, like, you know? So the hit, they had the best of the best musicians on all those tracks, too, you know? It was like, those, those projects were so well produced because they had a formula in play, though. Like, they couldn't miss. When they recorded something, they knew it was a hit, so they already tested it. They already seen everyone fucking pick the fucking tailor when the music started playing, so they already knew it was a hit. That's why it even made it to the record. Yeah. It's hard it's a, it's a little hard to hear you but say that again. It's a little hard to hear you, but Yeah, but pretty much what I was saying is that um you know, you gotta have a formula to how you're gonna do it. You know, and it's something that the formula can't really be set in stone, but it does have to have a format, you know? And then complete parts of it. They get the desired result. You know, but so it's good to have a formula, not a format, yeah. but a formula. Yeah, a formula, but a format inside that formula, the formula might change a little bit, you know, depending on the product, depending on the the the, the audience, you know what I mean? But part of that is, like, you can't, you can't go and record something if you don't know the end result of it, you know? And I see this happen so many times. I see, you know, so-called uh, minor labels here that have, major industry um, connections, 
right? Because all they do is they, they take an artist, they sign them into a 10-year contract, and they own them for the next 10 years, and they fucking do six releases of them and then sell them to a major label and then take percentage off of that, you know? Uh-huh, okay, pretty okay. That's all you got to do. Once you got, like, six releases and you can claim you got a certain amount of fan base, you know, now your contract is going to work for the Universal or Sony or any of those but B, B, okay, let's talk about contracts. Let's talk about with your, with your business, okay, if you, with, the, with the music business, and, and relate that to because this is a political, a political call, okay? This is a political call, so I want to talk about contracts and ask you, have you dealt much with that? I mean, yeah, that's in contracts. Uh, I'm not really looking for any contracts, but. Might be uh, looking to create some with some people in the future. You know? Oh, shit. Right. But I'm still looking for contracts. Well, I haven't really seen any organization that I'd say, oh, I want to work with them. So, you know. Okay. No, what I'm saying, though, okay, like, what have you learned? I mean, like, okay, so, like, can we just talk about... There's no such thing as a form contract or a standard contract. There's no such thing as what? Form or standard contract. Form. There's no such thing as a form contract. What uh, the heck standard, is a form contract? Standard contract. Because they'd be making standard contracts. Like, when you look at some of these, they'd be like, oh, it's a standard contract, you know? There's no such thing as a standard concept. Right. I agree. I guess that makes sense. So you learned that there's no, there no such thing as a standard contract? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. My brother, fantastic. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, I've, I've seen people come with, you know, a contract proposal, and they're like, oh, this is a standard contract, you know. Like, oh. No, no, I've heard the same shit, though. That's what's funny about that. I heard the same exact shit. <laughs> oh, man. What, remember I told you I had that, uh, that, 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 Manager who well, gave me a contract who wanted to sign me uh, to a management contract, right? <laughs> and I twenty five percent of everything. Well, I mean, no, it was more like twenty one percent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Still, that's a lot, but um, he was asking for perpetual perpetual rights to. The music, the, the the music that we that we made together while he was managing me. Yeah, that's but, how they do it. And my attorney Jody Angel, who I gave the information to, basically ultimately was the one who showed me where in the contracts where. They, that thing happened, you know, where I was like, oh. That it was horseshit. He highlighted it, and then I took it back to the manager, and he dropped me. 
kidding you? Fuck you no more. He was like, I can't wait for him. Yeah, he dropped me. That I don't have a sucker on the line. But that was the guy that was walking me into these labels, these record labels. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. They got the connection. Though. He was walking me into. He walked me into Sony. He walked me into Sony. He walked me into Def Jam. You know, I literally, I sang for the VP of Def Jam. I sang for Randy Jackson. You know what I mean? That's what they're like. They're like the Africans that were selling the slaves to the slave traders. <laughs> You know, so take your ignorance and capitalize off of it, too. You know, I don't know. It happens more than once. All I know is I mean, I get what you mean. I think you, I think I get what you mean. But just just so you know, two plus two doesn't always equal four, especially not on this call or any others. And I, uh, hey, D, can I can don't don't hang up? But can I call you right back? Yeah, hit me back. Right. I'm gonna call you right back because I gotta reconnect to the internet. So we still have the call going on, but I just want to you know like finish our conversation on 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 the recording. You know what I mean? Like, well, if you want to end it soon or whatever. I, I like talking. I still have 21% on my phone, and I just want to be able to have access to the Internet right now, and I know that I have to hang up the call to get that because basically something happened on my phone where I'm being monitored by somebody or something that is blocking my Internet access. And as you know, D, uh, they didn't even want to let us get on TalkShoe. They kept cutting us off as we tried to uh, reconnect and, and have third-party conversations with TalkShoe, right? G? Hello? Yo. Gary, I'm. Hello? Yo, should I call you right back? Yo. Yo. Yeah. In there. 
in there like swimwear. Yep. I'm just trying to drink this beer and not get fucked with. Yo, I was just funny. I was just uh, <laughs> in the, in the store. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, oh, about the German beers for the guy behind the counter. He's like, no, what about them? I was like, yo, you know they got laws behind how they can brew this beer. See? They got laws behind how they can brew it? Oh, yeah. German purity law, yo, with regards to beer. That's why they got the good beer. Because there's no bullshit in it. They're going to jail, yo. They put bullshit in that beer, yo. This is a national pride thing, yo. They can't do this. They have to make the beer correctly. Correct. Correct yeah. beer. Correct beer. I think I think the Church of Correctness would have to drink the correct beer also. So, are you online? No, no. I'm traveling right now. It's funny that you mentioned Church of Correctness because that's actually what I am actually logged in as right now on the talk show. Oh, nice. So, you are chiming in quite well, my friend. And as a true friend, would you did respond uh, in kind? It you know basically ultimately because you remembered what it's really all about. Church of correctness, baby. And and to be honest with you, I do I do like Budweiser. It's not my favorite, but I do like it. I'm not I'm not gonna not drink it. No, Budweiser's cool. I mean, you know, the Budweiser is the American American beer. And it's like it's almost customary for you to partake in the Budweiser when you're in but, but, you know? Okay, but let's talk about let's talk about politics. This doesn't let's listen. We have, what we have to start to do is separate the personal from the from the impersonal. And politics to me is impersonal. Well, you know what, what I was talking about was the German purity law. Okay, German purity law. Like they have a law basically that says that they have to have their beer has to be certain certain very very refined. Four ingredients: filtered water, barley, malt, and hops. That's all. Okay. Or or pure water. And then and so if you violate that statute or code, even as a private individual, private man. That applies? You're going to jail. Whoa. Whoa. How could they do that? How, Isn't that, that great? That would be slavery. Well, you can't sell it and say that it's German beer. It doesn't stay within those guidelines. But it would be slavery, though, wouldn't it? If they if they try to make you get a license or not, you know, sell it with, within certain well, guidelines... Do you, do you want to use the brand name or not? What, Budweiser? No, German. I said German. German beer. Budweiser is domestic beer. That's, um, that's, um, I think it's no, It's one. German, but it's domestic, right? Because all those German uh, people moved here, right? Well, they didn't make it here. It was actually most, most of your German, yeah, your German beers are imported. They're exported from Germany, imported here. Hey yo, let's see. Let, let's see if this works. What I'm gonna try to do here is uh, add a call 
to this one and see see what happens, okay? I'm gonna try to add uh, a call to this. Three Presumption, right? That's right. The presumption is created when the when the alleger makes those allegations. When a W two is created saying, you know, Angela was paid wages as defined in in uh, sections thirty one twenty one a and thirty four hundred one a. Yo, D. D. I mean D. There is. Hello. Something that the I'm listening. It's entitled to a piece of your game on the basis of that allegation. If that allegation isn't true, there's only one thing that can be done about it to make it right, and that is for you to say no. And a 1040 is the way you say no. So what if the person uh, files uh, exempt or, you know, when at their job they're, they're filing exempt and nothing is ever taken out of their pay? Oh, oh that's, not, that's not true, though. Not, there's never a situation of filing exempt and having nothing taken out of their pay. Nice, Angela. I don't understand. What do you mean? Stuff will still be taken out of their pay. FICA will be taken out of their pay. No, nothing is taken out of their pay. I've seen it. (laughs) Yeah, it is true. I'm sorry. I have to differ. Uh, It is true. No, it's not. It is true. Nothing is taken out of their pay except maybe union dues and medical insurance. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it from my own eyes. It's only one case that I know of. Okay. But I've seen it. And but see, okay, the Fed leaves them alone. But if you've seen that happen in one case, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that you haven't. But I will say that a person who simply fills out a conventional W-4 and takes the exempt option will still have Social Security and Medicare taken out of their pay. They still will. The only thing. Where can I send you a copy of the, the? Send it, to, send it to me at phenderson at losthorizons.com, and I'll be very Yo, interested. No, no, yeah, what are you talking about? That's, that's not what the law says about exempt. Uh, no. Except for the, the only thing is that they don't file for federal, but they are getting inundated with letters from the state taxes. Isn't that funny? Well, it is. Especially when the state relies in on any, the in, in any event, exempt is not, is not a, a proper course of action for somebody who actually isn't doing something subject to the tax. And exempt is a uh, is a form of forgiveness of what otherwise is an existing obligation. It isn't a means by which Excuse one Excuse me, says, what's your name? I'm not subject to this at all in the first place. Uh, it's a way of saying I believe that there's some statutory provision that says that my particular taxable stuff isn't going to be subjected to the tax. And that's not a proper approach for somebody who isn't doing anything subject to the tax in the first place. Uh, the proper approach in a case where someone isn't actually doing something subject to the tax, the best uh, way of dealing with that is to stop improper allegations from being made about them in the first place. 
nothing should be being withheld from that person under any circumstance. Unfortunately, the, 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 the system has set itself up and, uh, so, so effectively, and the misunderstanding of the tax is so widespread that since 1943, uh, uh, virtually everybody that works in this country, very, very few exceptions, uh, uh, is, is made to, to fill out a W-4 and, and does have stuff withheld from them. If they're working, you know, as a as hey, a worker for somebody else, uh, and, and so it's it process that it that? provided when it reinstituted yeah. holding and more soy milk. It provided recognize that, that the why is it so short? Why why did you do that? People who are not actually subject. No, I said half ice. Activities are not actually subject to the tax are going to necessarily or inevitably um, be subjected to these erroneous allegations. And so Congress set up this structure whereby we can recover what's improperly taken from us. And, and, and that's what knowing what the law actually says is all about. Learn how to do that. Learn what con what provisions Congress made to make yourself whole again in the face of um, these mistakes. And uh, happily, it's, it's quite simple and, and, uh, and easy to deal with. And, uh, so as much as you know, it's a, as much as it's a pain. Uh, What's he talking about, Darius? Uh, it's at least a simple process, and an educated American typically does a tax return in ten minutes. We're talking about these so, tax uh, returns and, and the junction. So, not not really that big a deal. Hmm. Sounds wonderful for those that do file. Well, uh -huh. but again, Angela, you, if, if, <laughs> if other people if other people are filing things about you or something is being withheld from you, you have to file. I mean, it's crazy to not file. I understand that there is a there is a large contingent in the tax honesty. He's talking so fast, though. It's hard. The idea of filing a tax return, and this is because of a lot of mythology that has grown up over the decades about what a tax return is and what you know, filling one out means and all that, and it's because of a lot of. Um, uh, excerpts from court rulings that have been taken out of context, and and, and a number of other things. The the the, the community is is rife with these uh, uh, frightening understandings about filing. Filing I hear what, means nothing. More I hear what he's saying though. Says on the form, there's no hidden uh, uh, adhesion or or meaning or or uh, consequence of. Except for the question, are you a U.S. citizen? Tax form to say what you want to say. The problem is that people don't understand what it is that they need to say. They don't understand what they want to say or how to say it. And that's the Actually, but does it say that? See what I'm saying? Does it say U.S. citizen or does it say citizen of the United States? don't know what they want to say. They don't know what they need to say. They don't know what to say that's actually in their own interest or how to do it, how to say it. But when you've learned what needs to be said and how to say it, it is, it, it's, it's a... It's a it's transformational as far as one's um, view of the entire process is concerned. Uh, you know, those those hundreds of thousands of, of uh, uh, occasions in which people have, have recovered all of their money, these are not anomalies and they're not, uh, you know, tragedies. They're not situations where, you know, all these people did some dreadfully bad, bad thing to do. Oh, no, I know. Where I people know. did something wonderful to do and it was by filing a tax return. I've seen all those refund checks on your website. It's a beautiful thing. It know. is, and, and it happened because people filed tax returns. And it and it will not happen unless one does. It won't happen any other way. The tax return is the is the mechanism that Congress provided by which the executive department 
is made to take into the system the, the uh, information that the filer is providing and to respond to it accordingly. And it does. It doesn't want to. It wishes that nobody knew anything about what I've shown the world. It wishes that desperately hard. But those who do know it, it treats them the way they ought to be treated. And, uh, and that's why those, those billions of dollars have moved out of where they don't belong and back to where they do belong. Thanks. Well, what about those people that have done it your way and get into trouble? Oh, there are there's a, there's a, there's a, a handful of people. And, and, the, and I know. I, not I, many. Frankly, not, as, not as many as have been successful, let's put it that well, way. I'm not trying to It isn't even remotely close. I'm not even sure that there are there is anybody, with the exception of my wife and myself, that actually filed educated returns that actually had uh, a an adverse consequence. Uh, wonderful. Not that you guys had a problem, but I mean, it's wonderful that the well, people... No, no, I, I, I understood. No, I understood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel bad about your wife. She's in. She's just been incarcerated, hasn't she? Yes, she went to uh, prison on May 15th. Uh, she's at a camp in West Virginia. That's awful. Uh, for uh, refusing to perjure herself uh, under court orders. And, but, you know, that story is one of the most fascinating stories. People that have... Uh, uh, uncertainties about any of the things that I've just said. Uh, simply look at what is being done in an effort to frighten uh, people away from this information, uh, and and that by itself is enough to uh, tell the whole tale. That's a trick. Happen uh, to frighten. You're a taxpayer. Error. <laughs> frighten people away from correctness. That is just simply highly incorrect. Oh, correctness. Uh, and that's just the case. Uh, never before in American history has someone had a court uh, tell them what to say over their own sworn signature on a testimonial document. Never once in American history has that ever happened. Why don't you tell us about that? Give us a little more on what happened exactly. Doing, doing it right now. Uh, here, here's the nutshell storyline. Uh, when Cracking the Code was first published in 2003, the very week that it was published, the IRS downloaded a copy of my website and began uh, preparing for a series of assaults on me in an effort to uh, suppress the book. They wanted to, to get an injunction. Uh, they, they brought four actions in courts. Uh, in every single one of those cases, they lost. In fact, they were ultimately obliged to move themselves their motions into the courts because they were uh, hopeless. Uh, having failed at that, and having seen over the course of that 18 months uh, more and more and more uh, people beginning to recover all of their money from having read the book and learned how to, how to act properly in regard to the tax, uh, in 2006, four days before tax day, uh, uh, the government announced a lawsuit against my wife and me in which it, it, it asked for uh, a court to order us to replace our existing tax returns in which we had claimed our refunds for 2002-2003 to order us to replace those tax returns with uh, new returns with content dictated by the government. <laughs> Never before in American history has that ever, ever happened. And, you know, of course, one immediately asked, well, why is it happening now? Uh, the reason was because they hoped to be able to then waive 
tax returns, you know, with Pete Hendrickson's name on it, uh, or on them, uh, that said that my earnings qualified for the tax. It was just as simple as that. Um, and uh, and uh, they put their foot deep into the uh, tar uh, in that uh, effort, and uh, they've been digging themselves deeper and deeper ever since. But unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of harm has been being done to me and my family, and now particularly my wife, um, ever since. Uh, and that's a sorry thing. But of course, during that entire time, during that entire time, tens of thousands of men and women across the country continued to learn the truth and continued to claim and receive all of their money back. Uh, for 12 years now, uh, that has gone on, even while the government uh, plays this charade of, uh, uh, of uh, characterizing our filings, which were subject to intense scrutiny. It's, it really is astonishing. Those first two uh, uh, educated claims and first two complete refunds, ours for 2002 and 2003, went through intense attention by the IRS. We have all the, the, the notices, the, the back and forths, um, the months and months of delay, um, the resistance that they initially presented to us. Uh, all of that is a uh, you know, package of evidence. Uh, uh, the, <laughs> the government, in bringing its lawsuit, claimed that it had made those, re those refunds in error, but that's such utter nonsense it's it's uh, hard to believe they had to do that because that's the only there's a statute that allows them to file a suit and that statute only allows them to do so uh, when refunds were made erroneously and so they had to uh, uh, claim this uh, fiction that uh, that they just were unaware of our returns it was just just one you know big mistake it, it, they were caught by surprise when they had just finished four <laughs> filing their own motions to dismiss in four lawsuits that they had against me at the time, trying to shut me down on the on bogus allegations of promoting an abusive tax shelter and trying to suppress my book, and then spent months and months and notice after notice and, and, and fussing after fussing with our returns before finally issuing uh, those. And they, and they go into court and claim that it all just was a big surprise to them uh, when they discovered that they had made these refunds to us. It, it, absolutely insane degree of um, fraud and uh, did, did, did they did they put you in prison for the same reason that your wife or no, was it different? No, no. In, in my case they they used the um, that civil suit outcome presented it in court that I was I was ultimately after after four failed attempts to uh, get an indictment at the grand jury um, finally an unsigned indictment was produced I have no idea whether they're actually that one ever actually went to a grand jury or not uh, the uh, government refused to allow us to see any grand jury proceedings, so we really just don't know. Uh, but I was ultimately accused in 2000 and uh, late 2008 of uh, filing false returns. I would say returns that I didn't really believe to be true. And, uh, and ultimately, uh, after a lot of shenanigans uh, in the court that I was in, which is the same... Uh, district uh, and you know managed I was I was uh, my case was done by the chief judge of the district that is the same district that my wife's ordeal has been playing out in um, ultimately uh, a case in which the uh, the uh, judge refused to let the jury see the actual statutory definitions involved in the issues that I was accused of, of uh, uh, putting wrong on my forms 
uh, even after the jury requested uh, to see that statutory language, and instead uh, instructed the jury to deliberate with substitutes for those definitions written by the prosecutors, and in which the um, paperwork and filings and so forth in this civil lawsuit that I had just described was presented to the jury as evidence with no witness uh, presenting them. It was, they were just handed to the jury in a box, and, uh, and the, the jury took them back to the deliberations, uh, to their deliberating room. Uh, over my objection, of course, but, you know, <laughs> this, was, this, this trial was a foregone conclusion. They intended to, uh, to end up with a conviction. And, and so after, you know, after I give the, juries, uh, the, the jury a, a little bit of credit, they, uh, they actually took half a day to, uh, you know, talk about it at least before they came back and, and convicted me on all these counts. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yes, but in my wife's case, she was charged with contempt of court. Uh, she's never been charged with, uh, you know, her, any of her filings being anything but correct. And uh, she was simply charged with refusing the court's order to create these bogus tax returns. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? I just it, can't get over it. I just... Absolutely. Again, completely unprecedented. Uh, it's gross violation of the First Amendment. Um, uh, we have, you know, every expectation of prevailing in the appellate court. Not that the appellate court has you know, shown itself to be a uh, paragon of virtue, uh, but uh, nonetheless, the, the offenses here are so egregious that, that we have to imagine that uh, that uh, in the end, uh, my wife will be vindicated. Uh, this is it's a it's a false charge. It's it's not a crime to. Uh, uh, disobey or not not obey a an unlawful order, uh, and these orders are plainly unlawful. And in fact, Angela, let me give you the icing on that cake. They are so unlawful and so uh, understood to be unlawful by all parties involved that the government in my wife's trial, two, you know, she she got a hung jury the first time around, and then they came back again the second time. The government requested that the court instruct the jury that the unlawfulness or unconstitutionality of the orders that she was accused of criminally disobeying is not a defense to the charge. Okay. Do I need to say that one again? <laughs> that's another thing that has never happened in an American court before is that instruction uh, or anything like it. Uh, the unlawfulness or unconstitutionality of the orders is not a defense. To a charge of disobeying them. That's just so Crazy. ridiculous. I mean, really, it's... it's insane. But but it is it it reflects again the degree of desperation that yeah. is going on here, the degree of illegitimacy of everything involved in the government's effort to keep people from reading my work. Mm-hmm. That this is you and a lot of others. You're not the only one, you know. Remember, well, no, actually, Angela, I'm the only one that has ever had that kind of instruction given to a court or given to a jury in a courtroom ever. I'm the only one that has ever had orders made by a court at the government's request to have someone change the testimony on documents. These things have never happened before to anyone in American history, ever. Just as no one in American history has ever beaten the the, uh, BOJ uh, four times on promotion of an abusive tax shelter charges just as no one has ever gotten a, a, a complete refund of Social Security and Medicare, uh, just as the list goes on, actually. It's, it's, 
These, these things are all unprecedented. Yes, I know that a lot of people in the tax honesty movement have been harassed by the government, of course. Of course. Um, this is all true. But not like this, and not for these reasons. Not because billions of dollars have gone from the Treasury back to the people. And I emphasize this not you know, because I'm trying to toot my horn or anything like that. I emphasize it because the tax honesty movement has got to get into into train. It's got to get into. Um, it has to. It has to start um, being part of a solution instead of being a disparate, uh, uh, scattered, uh, confused um, competition of theory, theories and notions and what have you. And I, you know, I know how how. Uh, uh, Awkward that is to say, and awkward it may be to hear, uh, but it, it it really is just a reality. It, it's you know there is cracking the code is the point of the of the, the, the of the stake hanging over the vampire's chest. It it is. It simply is. The the, the entire package of evidence makes 100% clear to any eyes that are open that that's exactly what it is. It is the sharpened stake hanging over the vampire's breast. It needs everybody's weight on it. It needs everybody's weight on that stake. Not scattered around talking about, you know, Section 83 and, and talking about, uh, uh, you know, corporate profit and all the rest of the nonsense that has been around for decades being spoken of by people to absolutely no effect uh, doing nothing for anyone, recovering nothing for anyone, uh, showing no record of success of any kind, uh, may sound convincing the way some of these things get presented because they're presented very carefully with, uh, with uh, you know, the careful excerpts out of context of this or that or the other thing and, and, uh, and great uh, passion and enthusiasm and generally, you know, well-meant, well passion and enthusiasm too, by the way. I'm not knocking anybody's intentions, but they, they simply have not done anything because they're wrong. They're, they're, they're simply and purely, they're simply not correct. And, and the, uh, the track records make that clear. There, it, 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 it is, there's a point at which it becomes, you know, just foolishness to, to ignore um, what actually has happened. And what actually has happened is uh, Cracking the code in the community of people that have become educated by that information over the past 12 years have been winning, and no one else has. So they haven't uh, banned the book or anything. They haven't reported no, said not. you can't sell the book, right? No, they tried. They tried. Yeah. They tried and tried and failed and failed and failed. And they've given up on that, and now they concentrate on trying to frighten people away from learning the information. Oh all, yeah, well the fear tactics. Stories, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. All the stories about you know people getting in trouble and all that. But you know, just in my wife's sentencing hearing, the the DOJ attorney, one of the two DOJ attorneys that prosecuted her and that was standing up at the hearing, actually made a fascinating admission. He he admitted that that out of the uh, 1,200 uh, examples that I have posted on my website of uh, people. Uh, uh, recovering all their money from uh, the use of the information and cracking the code, they were able to, the IRS was able to identify 25 people 
that had some kind of difficulty going on with the IRS. 25. And of those, of course, you know, a lot of people come to CTC from years of, you know, uh, toiling in the fields, uh, you know, of the, of the tax honesty movement. They've done everything, you know, prior. And they come to CTC and, and you know, set their sails a little differently and, and, and move on. But stuff from the past is still hanging in there. And, and so, you know, the fact that 25 people have some kind of, uh, of issue going on, some kind of collections issue going on with the IRS, this is no surprise. It's, it's, it's meaningless. Um, the fact is, if CTC, if using uh, the information from cracking the code were a problem, it wouldn't be 25. It would be 1,200 that would be having trouble because every single one of them would be having it. And, uh, and, and instead, it's this you know, little handful of uh, people that the IRS, which was trying to make as dire a case as it could uh, when it made that admission. I mean, I view it as an admission to them. They viewed it as a, you know, 25 people, Your Honor. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, in, in light of the, uh, the troll work out there that is, you know, trying to convince everybody that everybody that, you know, uh, does that Hendrickson stuff, you know, is, is just bound for, for uh, grief. It, it's, 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 you know, quite the, quite the contrary. So. But they, uh, they've got all the guns, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, they do. But, but the fact is they actually obey the law when it's properly invoked. That's, the, that's what the evidence shows. They obey the law. For the most part, I mean, it's not that there isn't a corrupt cabal that does the wrong thing. I'm I'm a living victim of that cabal. I'm I'm the best evidence that it's out there, and my wife is the next best, or maybe she's the current best, uh, and, and I'm the next best. But sure, there is a cabal of corruption that is doing what it can to scare people away from this because the government just doesn't want people to know this. They don't want people to know this because they can't stop it. They can't resist it. They can't not give you back your money when you know what you're doing. They simply can't. And that's why people get their money back when they know what they're doing. And that's why the government is trying so hard to frighten people away from this information. Uh, so, and that's, you know, again, that's why everybody needs to get on board with it. This is the solution. This is the solution. And, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's like the best kept secret in, the, uh, in, in America. You want to take some questions? Sure. People are lining up, putting their hands up. No doubt. Okay, let's see here. Buzz Light, there you go. You've been unmuted. Do you have a question for our guest, Pete Hendrickson? Uh, Hi, Pete. Um, I've read your book, and it's wonderful, and um, your your research is terrific. And um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, Everybody on this site... um, uh, may have, uh, well, most of the people on the site may know of you and have read your book, and but uh, they also uh, know of other things that may help you um, or your wife. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the attempt of uh, 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 contempt of court charge. Um, uh, could you could we talk about that for a moment? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I, if there's a contempt of court, uh, was anybody harmed or somebody injured because of that? Okay. Um, we don't need to get into that uh, degree of uh, discussion because it will become a 20-minute conversation, and, and that isn't fair to other people. But let me, let me uh, cut to the chase on this front. Uh, my wife did nothing illegal. She did nothing wrong. She harmed no one. 
a, the, a court presumes its authority to issue orders uh, to her and, uh, and presumed all of the underlying uh, jurisdictional uh, issues and so forth. It, it assumed all those things for itself and uh, issued these orders. Now, the, the process in which this was done was a profound fraud. Everything on the, on the basis of, uh, on which this was predicated was fraudulent. The government fraudulently claimed that our returns were false. The government fraudulently claimed that cracking the code argues that only federal, state, and local government workers are subject to the tax. The government fraudulently claimed that cracking the code argues that wages are not income. The government didn't even manage to produce a signed examination report, and instead it actually produced one in which the uh, pseudonymous, uh, in other words, fake name using, uh, quote-unquote, examiner, said in her declaration that, that, the, that what she was presenting was an informal or was not a formal examination. They couldn't even get a, a, an IRS examiner to do an actual examination of our filings uh, in an effort to support their lawsuit. And instead, they produced a bogus one. Uh, everything about it was a fraud. Everything. The, 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 the judge that issued the orders who made the findings that the book says only you know, federal, state, and local government workers are subject to tax admitted when faced with a subpoena last year, it, for my wife's second trial, admitted she's never read the book. Everything about it was a fraud. Everything. And on the basis of the fraud... The, government, the, the court presumed jurisdiction to do a variety of things. So the answer to the question is, of course, nothing wrong, nothing that, over which the government actually has jurisdiction was done by my wife. Nothing was. But the system, which wants to use my wife as a poster child to scare people like you and other people listening away from acting according to what you have learned reading CTC, has grabbed her, shackled her, and bustled her off to a prison camp anyway. That's what's going on. It's not that, yeah, anything, well, it's not that anything was undone. It's not that anything, any, any magic words were left unspoken. It's not that no silver, you know, that any silver bullet was left unfired. It's not any of those things. It is because there is a corrupt element in the Eastern District of Michigan and the U.S. Department of Justice, and unfortunately, to a certain degree at least, in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, that is party to this fraud. And they are acting accordingly. And the only thing that's going to stop that, it isn't going to be because of somebody saying to them, hey guys, you know what, you didn't have jurisdiction. They know they don't have jurisdiction. They know it. It's been said to them. It's been pointed out to them. It's been pointed out to them by people who really know how to do it. They don't care. The only thing that will matter is people like you making a stink about it in the press. That's what will make the difference. And this is not to, that, not to say that I don't appreciate every notion. I very much appreciate you, Buzz. I really do. I appreciate your interest. I appreciate your willingness to, to think hard about this and to try and do something about it. I absolutely appreciate it. I love you for it. And I love everybody else out there that is uh, of that same mindset, that wants to help and, and 
and, and recognizes the threat that this represents to your liberties, just as the, just as the harm it's doing to my wife. Ah. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible thing. But the problem is not one of not having you know raised a jurisdictional issue or or anything of that kind. Um, the problem is uh, raw corruption that at this point is not being stymied by the one thing that will stymie corruption in power, and that is the bright shining sunlight of an, a lot of eyes paying close attention. That's the one thing that makes the difference. It always it always has been the only thing that makes a difference when power has gone corrupt. Uh, and uh, so I, you know, strongly urge everybody to. Uh, write letters to the editor about this. Defend your rights, your right to speech, your right to defend yourself around. Do you understand? You make a point about what is going on in my wife's case and in, in, in these orders that were given. We were in a legal contest with an adversary, and a judge at that adversary's request ordered us to agree with our adversary's facts in a legal contest. We were ordered to declare our agreement with our adversary, our legal adversary's version of the facts, and to abandon, a, our, to abandon our claim and to endorse their claim. That was the order that was made. Another thing that's never, ever been done in American history. Think about the, the threat that represents to anybody going into any kind of legal contest with the United States. Did you have a lawyer representing you? Not during, during trials, no, and it, uh, thank goodness. <laughs> Believe me, I got a lot done in these trials because there was not a, a lawyer who would not have understood the case. No, I know. I was going to say they would have thrown you under the bus for sure. Well, whether they would have or not, they wouldn't have understood the case in any event. They wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been as effective. It would have been much easier on Doreen's nerves to not have to, you know, go into that courtroom and, and stand up and and to, and do what she had to do on her own. And did you ask the judge when you were on trial, did you ask the judge, are you ordering me to agree with my adversary? Oh, absolutely. All of this what did he say? Uh, well, as I, as I said, the, uh, the, uh, this is, we're dealing with corruption here. The, uh, okay, uh, Pete, uh, uh, the corruption is you're in their court. How okay. about having no, your no, buzz, court? Buzz, 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 listen. A bunch of armed men came and took my wife away in shackles into their court. Okay? That's why we're in their yes. court. A bunch of guys with guns came and put her in chains and took her down into their court. There is no getting out of their court because you don't think it's the right court or they don't have a right to do it. They come with guns and they take you away. That's what happens. Yes, that, that's correct. But organize your court. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't mean to get impatient. I, oh, it's all right. You know that, that, that kind of thing is 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 of course. Yeah, organize my court and and what they're going to let my wife out of the prison camp because I do that. I and know. They're that, dragging that, you in. There's not too much worked, you can Buzz? do. <laughs> when has that worked, Buzz? It has never worked for anybody. Anybody okay. ever. That, has, that worked, has the prisons uh, would be uh, empty. There are two uh, and a half million people in prison right now. The prisons would be empty. It doesn't work. Please abandon have, it. Is, it is stopping have, you from doing what matters. It's stopping uh, you from doing what actually would work. I believe, 
I believe I believe it would work if you if if you did the research. You don't have time right now, but there are other people that already know how to do that, and they can get people out of what is called a prison, if you want to call it a prison. Get their kids back in one day or four days. No, no, uh, and no. I know we've talked I'm about sorry, this. I'm sorry, it's actually not true. Uh, and okay, I've, I've seen the 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 what is purported to be the evidence of successes of that kind by you know Carl Lentz and people like this. Uh, it's not true. It simply is not true. Uh, there's a good game being spoken there, but there is there is no evidence of the success that is implied uh, by these things. Yeah, you know, there are cases where people have won something because sometimes things are winnable, and 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 you know, sometimes somebody screwed up. You know, a child custody situation. That's that's. That's it's a situation that, frankly, without knowing all the details, you don't know that that there was not a, a completely normal in uh, system basis for that uh, the restoration of those children that took place. Um, there may well have been, but in, in terms of overcoming a criminal conviction, uh, no, it's never been done. It's never ever ever been done, and to say that. You know that it could be done is you know I say that you tell me that you can fly to the moon. I mean you could say it all day long, but it's never been done. So why keep saying it? If someone wants to to, to present the documentation of that thing actually being accomplished, I am believe me the person who's most interested in seeing it. I am the most interested in seeing it. My wife is right now in the hands of monsters wrongfully unjustly wrongfully and unjustly i am the I, I i am all eyes for any evidence of this her situation being remedied in this fashion and i have had this i've had this presented to me by dozens and dozens scores of people over the last 2 years that my wife has been going through this ordeal and every single one of them i say I'm fascinated with this. I'm absolutely interested. Please show me the documentation of any occasion in which this has been done successfully. Nobody is able to do it because it never has been done. And, you know, frankly, I'm getting a little exercised here, and I will tell you it is hurtful to keep hearing this. How long does she have to be in there? Uh, She got sentenced to 18 months. Oh, another another fairly it, unprecedented thing, by the way, for a contempt of court charge. <laughs> but but that's beside the point. Is there any way to get her out? Well, you know, we're gonna we're we're trying to win on appeal, and uh, and uh, uh, we will perhaps be filing a, a new motion for uh, bond pending the appeal. The first one got turned down after another unprecedented thing. Uh, it was sat on for more than 25 days after she went into prison by the district court judge. And then, after we filed a petition with the appellate court to command her to issue a ruling on that, because we can't go to the appellate court with that motion until the district court has ruled, and she was just going to sit on it. She had my wife sitting in prison for seven weeks. She was just going to sit on it during that, you know, and, and for all we know, she'd sit on it for the next six months. So we, we petitioned the appellate court to order her to make a ruling. And on the day the petition went before the appellate court, she issued a ruling finally, denying it as expected. After all, we're complaining about her behavior in the bond motion. And then we, then we were able to file with the appellate court. 
which received it on an emergency basis, as it always does, and then it sat on it for three, more than three weeks, 25 days. It sat on that motion itself. My, the, the, the lawyer that we hired to help with the appeal has never heard of that before, ever. Uh, normally those things get ruled on. You know, in my own case, mine got ruled on in 48 hours, and that's the norm. They're treated on an emergency basis. For Doreen, 25 days before it was eventually denied. Now, we may file a renewed motion uh, on that basis because the original one only addressed a couple of the appeal issues um, and, in fact, did not address the uh, First Amendment issues. Uh, those did get raised in the appeal, and so it's possible that we may um, move for that again. Um, that's, that's the best option at this point. I hope it works this time. Just oh, thank you. I feel so bad for her, you know, it just, and you. It's so unfair. They're such criminals. Yeah, absolutely. They are criminals. Well, they have a lot at stake. You know, they have yeah. trillions, trillions of dollars at stake in all sure. the power that comes along with the um, control of that much money. And uh, uh, so, you know, the, 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 the real solution is for everybody to uh, uh, begin implementing the information and cracking the code and defund them. That's it's just that simple. You take the money away. Take all the money away. And yeah. at that point, they lose the ability to hire 120,000 attorneys for, you know, in the Department of Justice, and they, uh, they lose the incentive. But suddenly, they don't have a trillion, you know, trillions of dollars at stake anymore. When they're not able to get it anyway, because people have learned the truth about the tax and are active, you know, making use of it, suddenly, they actually don't have any reason to be behaving badly like this in my wife's case or in anybody else's. When they've already lost, then that's, that's the point where they can pack up their stuff and go home, and they will. Uh, all we need to do is restore the knowledge base of the American public back to what it was 77 years ago or 80 years ago. Not all that long, actually. Yeah, where people wouldn't they be jumping up and down in the streets. They wouldn't be taking it the way they do today. Well, the late, the, by, you know, up to the late, uh, the early 1940s, Americans understood the tax properly, and, and you know, nobody paid it, or very, very few. I mean, a tiny percentage. <laughs> the percentage that actually owed it, that was all that paid it. And up, up till that time, on average, fewer than 10% of the American households filed a tax return for the entire history of the tax, up to the 1940s, up to the mid-1940s. Uh, can we, can we take... Can we take some more questions? Or yeah, people sure. are lining up here. Oh, go ahead. Uh, all right, Northeast Ohio, you've been unmuted. Do you have a question for our guest speaker? Northeast Ohio, you've been unmuted. Perhaps your phone needs to be unmuted. Well, Darius, what question do you yeah, want me to sorry. ask them? Edward went out on me here. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, I read your book and I really enjoyed it. And I have a question. Do you have to? refile 1099 corrections or can you just do the 4852s to show correction? Uh, a 4852 is an instrument that is produced by the Treasury Department specifically for rebutting two kinds of information returns and only two. Uh, one of them is a W-2 and the other is a 1099-R and only a 1099-R, not a 1099-MISC or a 1099 INT or any of the other varieties. There are there are dozens of kinds of 1099s, but the only one that a 4852 is is relevant to is the 1099R, which concerns retirement payments. So the rebuttal instrument 
is dictated by the type of information return that needs to be addressed. If the information return needing to be addressed is a W-2, then a 4852 is the correct rebuttal instrument. If the information return needing to be addressed is a 1099-R, then a 4852 is the correct rebuttal instrument. But if it is any other kind of information return, the 4852 is not the correct one. Okay? Then what would you use? Well, normally... Uh, it was a 1099 miscellaneous. Well, the, the book discusses that in some detail. Um, it's a, actually a very simple process. Uh, the, the, most people just use a photocopy of the original form, uh, indicate very clearly that they're not, you know, to be mistaken as, as uh, you know, being imagined that they are the creator of the original return, now changing it or whatever, but make clear that they're rebutting an original and simply use that to uh, introduce correct information uh, along with their uh, with their uh, statement of uh, of uh, you know their jurat. So, yeah, you know, and anyone that's interested in that, by the way, can go to LostHorizons.com, go to the bulletin board, and you can look at hundreds of these uh, rebuttal instruments that have been properly used. And uh, so there's there's no uh, and and of course if you go to the chapter about 1040s and claiming refunds in Cracking the code, you can see all this laid out in, in considerable detail. Okay. okay. Any other questions? Um, do it. Does a person who works for the government though has to do it? They can't get a return of their monies back, correct? Well, it depends on what government. Uh, the, the income tax is a is a tax on federal activity. It's not a tax on state activity. It's not a tax on County activity or or anything like that, so it depends. On so a county worker would receive their their funds back. County worker could indeed, yeah, if they weren't engaged in federally connected activities, sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I'm sorry to hear about your wife. I hope you win uh, and get some kind of uh, return of lost time that she's spend her time thank in there. You. Thank you very much. I appreciate that a lot, and I, uh, that's my hope, too. Thank you so much. Okay, next up is Anna 88 Bell. Go ahead. <coughs> You've been unmuted. Hey, Pete. Hello. Uh, I've read your book. Um, however, I was thinking of something that, that, that a lot of people don't think about, and that is if I ordered 10 books from you, you sent me the 10 books, you then could bill me. Is that, isn't that correct? Uh, well, actually, you would prepay because uh, that's the way it's set up. I know, but I'm just saying, if I ordered 10 books from you and you filled the order, uh-huh. then then you could send me a bill, right? Uh, if you had not paid already, you mean? That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose I could. Okay, so here's what's happened. The judge made an order. Your wife is filling the order. She needs to send him a bill. That's simple. Uh, yeah, but it's not. But, but the thing of it is, he's a man. So treat him as a man and send the bill to the man for the order he wrote. Um, okay, well, I appreciate that thought. Um, and okay, a, but what if he doesn't pay it? Well, if he doesn't pay it, then you're going to have to write your friendly letters and such, noting that he hasn't paid it. And once you've done that, you take him to your court of record 
and now he's standing in front of the ju- another judge called Twelve. You think they do that? They they aren't they they're 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 like a, a brotherhood. They don't they they cover for each other just like police do. They're well, all- you don't understand the twelve jurors or the twelve judges is the jury sitting in the jury box because you're getting a trial by jury, not a jury trial, and there's a difference between the two. Yeah, yeah, except that the the basis of the um, See, this semantics because it's a corporate government. We have a corporate government. They're talking about jury by trial, trial by jury. Okay, great, fantastic. Presumed in their own context. Mm. Presumed, not correctly necessarily, but they were presumed to be the, an exercise of legitimate authority on the part of this judge. He's still a man making an order. He's not okay. a judge. See what he's doing? He's playing yes. the part of a judge. Okay. Well, that may be, but uh, yep. unfortunately, unfortunately, everybody uh, acknowledges the 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 the, the role that. You can argue as fictional if you wish, but it's all acknowledged as being what it's pretending to be, and and nothing is going to change that. Uh, I I again I I love the the interest in you know, things being perhaps what they perhaps should be, but but that's not how it is.
And that limit is true at every level of social involvement. It's true on a county level. It's true on a state level. It's true on a, on a federal level. There's a limitation. Uh, the limitation is either three years or six years. It's three years under the, under the existing statutory structure of the tax law. It's six years under the Federal Claims Act. And I know of two occasions in which someone has gone into a federal court and said, I'm reclaiming amounts withheld as tax, and I'm, I know it's been past the three years, but it's within the six, and I'm entitled to do that because it wasn't actually tax that was being taken from me because I didn't actually owe a tax. And on two occasions, at least, the courts have agreed that that's the case. Uh, generally speaking, what people could count on is the three years. And any, you know, the, the, of, of, the, of the examples of, uh, of people reclaiming their uh, improperly collected property that I have posted, for instance, uh, there aren't any that go back past three years. There are a lot of them that go back that far and are done on the basis of amended returns, uh, even that correct uh, their own incorrect filings from a couple of years ago. Uh, but three years is the effective limit. On the other hand, uh, there is no limit to how far back you can go to correct a record on the basis of which something is being collected from you. Uh, I've had people go back 15 years and and rebut bad allegations, incorrect allegations, on the basis of which collections were being undertaken against them. And so right now, so that, that you can go back as far as you like. Another qu one more question. Uh, sure. Have you heard anything on there's no limitation on uh, fraud, no, sta no limitations, statute limitations or limitations fraud, on fraud? Fraud, op fraud opens the door. It does. Yeah. It, it does. But you know what? There is no fraud going on in the income tax. There really isn't. Okay. It, it, it comes right up to the edge of fraud. It comes right up to the edge. But if you actually study the subject, and, you know, when you know what you're looking for, what you'll discover is there is never a place where the government makes a mistake of saying something that isn't true. Uh, they will say things that are very misleading. They will, you know, send forms out to, to businesses saying, you know, report all the wages paid to your employees. And those businesses will make those reports because they think what's being said is, tell us about what you paid your workforce. When the government knows that what it actually said was, Tell us about the people who qualify as employees, as that term is defined in the law, getting paid wages, as that term is defined in the law. They just left the as defined in the law part out of their notice. And it is an American legal reality, American legal tradition, that knowledge of the law falls on the person who is responding. So it isn't technically a fraud. It just comes as close as it can get without actually crossing over to fraud. So you don't get the benefit of that uh, uh, window opening uh, leverage. Uh, so here, uh, even though you're absolutely right about the principle, yeah. you're absolutely right about that principle. Yeah. So here it is, uh, operating on the ignorance of the people has been legal. That's right. That's right. It's <laughs> exploitation of ignorance. That ignorance is carefully cultivated. The ignorance will fail, and the scheme will fail when everybody knows what cracking the code has revealed. That's the solution to this problem. So you, so you heard it, people. Ignorance is the problem. It has to be the part. That's it. Okay. okay man. Thank, Thank you. you. Here we go. All righty. Next up is uh, well. Before I unmute uh, uh, the next uh, questioner, let me. Ask <laughs> you. you know, I, I 
my son is disabled and was awarded, you know, $43,000 in his motorcycle accident way back when. And I was his conservator. The IRS came in in 19, what, 2006 or 2007 and took his money out of the bank. It was a court-ordered trust account. But because I was his conservator, it was under my Social Security number. Right, right, and because right. the IRS was after me, they took his money. Oh, that's okay. oh. Now that's fraud, in my opinion. Well, but, you that's know, intermeddling in the fraud. estate of an infant. Yeah, and 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 you know, you you, I'm sure you recognize that there is a complicating component there in that the the money was considered legally and effectively in your possession and control. Well, but it was in a court-ordered trust account. I, I can't take that. any no, money no, no. out. I'm not, I'm not saying it was an uncomplicated situation. I, I'm, I'm acknowledging it was a complicated situation. You are also you have to acknowledge that it was also complicated in both directions because of the intermingling of control. And, and it's unfortunate. To, you know, the, the court could have maybe done it some other hey, way. Hey, yo, D, I'm going to respond to this for her intimately associated with it that way. But I, I, I agree with your basic premise there. That was wrong and a, and a tragedy. And it shouldn't have happened. He doesn't know what to say. And I, I would, <laughs> it's weird, right? I'd like to think there was some solution. There is some. I'll tell you right now, since you amused me. Yeah, me too. But anyway, all right, we're going to move on. Um, I guess I could file and... Uh, Oh, if the, yeah, well, okay, let's get right to this now. If the situation, if the, if the IRS's claim that they purportedly have against you that was the basis for this seizure, if that were to be remedied, correct, then you're absolutely right. You could fix that situation. And, and, the, and if it's based on some unrebutted allegations about you having done something, making you subject to the tax, then you do have an answer. Yes, you do. Okay, thank you. We're going to move right on. Maybe I'll talk to you about that more on another time. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I correct Miss Church. You are unmuted. You've been unmuted. Do you have a question for our guest speaker? I do, but I wanted to ask. I wanted to comment first on you, your situation. I think it's uh, actually intermeddling. Uh, you said you have the state come in automatically on your account? No, the Fed. The IRS. Well, so how they, do they have access they, to your private property? They just went to the, they emailed the bank or whatever they did and took the money and that was it. Hmm. Yeah, you I do think, have a remedy there. Uh, I think the remedy is this, that, that they're, what they're doing is intermeddling on, in the uh, estate of an infant. Because if they're governing your, if they can just have access to your bank account, then they can basically govern your legal affairs. Because you have the right to deposit funds and to keep them for safe depositing. So there is some antitrust violations there, for sure. It, 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 you know, it's absolutely true that there is a there is an additional remedy option uh, to uh, you know the, the first and foremost eliminate the the basis for the alleged liability. That's that's your most straightforward approach. But but in addition to that, uh, the caller is making a very good point that uh, that you have a remedy against the bank, uh, it, one which maybe it may be too late to to do anything about. I'm sorry to say, but but uh, but under the circumstances, you know, where this immediate 
uh, an immediate situation. But not only that, even against the, the fiduciaries over your own estate, the people who are actually doing the – telling the IRS that it's okay to go ahead and, you know, go ahead with the lien, you know, on some sort of presumption. What if, though if, – what if I robbed the bank and I didn't get caught until 20 years later? Are you telling me they wouldn't put me in jail if they caught me 20 years later because of some limited uh, duration? There is, a huh? there is a statute of limitations, and they would not put you in jail 20 years later. For wrongdoing, like for stealing? Really? No, absolutely. How about if you murder somebody? Uh, there's no statute on murder in most, places, most jurisdictions. Okay. Maybe all That's some common law stuff right there. But uh, as far as my question for the, for the uh, guest uh, yeah. or your, your speaker, uh, I guess the question is uh, Pete Hendrickson. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. <laughs> I just want you to thank you. <clears throat> I just want you to uh, answer maybe if you could for me clear up some information for me about can a, can a state like a municipal say a municipality can they opt out or say adopt opt out from adopting legislation that has to do with state taxation like say you know what I mean like say some a state adopts like a four year uh, payback like before default, you have to like pay within a four-year period before you default on property tax. But then municipality comes in and makes a legislation that says, oh, they can do it in one year and then issue a two-year tax certificate. And then after the two years, then they can just go ahead and sell it if they want to. Um, I mean, how, what you're doing? Generally speaking, the uh, the state, uh, any state legislation will override or overrule. Uh, any local legislation. The local legislation is subordinate to the state legislation. So, so simple answer, no. Okay. So it's always subject to some sort of review then, I suppose. Um, the second question is regarding co um, contempt of court. Do you know anything about contempt? <laughs> I, I think I know everything there is to know about this. <laughs> well, I wanted to say this is the contempt of court um, by a judge. Let's say a judge issues. Let's say you know, is it is it the judge or is it the DA that issues the the contempt of court? And what happens if a judge issues it? There are, there are two different kinds of contempt. Uh, there is contempt and there's criminal contempt. Uh, normal contempt is uh, addresses something done in the presence of the judge. Essentially, it's something that is rep that represents a an interference with or a failure to show suitable respect so as to allow proceedings to take place without you know, undue hindrance in a court situation. Um, so, uh, and and there's also civil contempt, by the way. Which so really there are three different varieties. There's the kind where you're in court and you decide to have a loud conversation with your buddy. Um, sitting next to you in the in the the, the stands, and the judge says, uh, you know, the sir, you to be quiet, and you say, you know, piss on it. Um, that's one kind of contempt, and a judge can hold you in contempt right then, because you've refused to obey that command to be quiet, and have you thrown in jail until you purge yourself of the contempt by apologizing or what have you. That's one kind. Another kind is civil contempt in which a court orders that something be done, uh, 
as part of a proceeding or whatever, like a discovery order, for instance, you know, telling you to produce some papers. Uh, and and you can be in prison for as long as it takes for you to do what you were ordered civil contempt. Is this criminal court? Contempt. Okay, right. go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up that, and I have a question. All right. Criminal contempt is a version in which um, an order is you know, considered willful disobedience. It has to be of a lawful order. Um, an interesting distinction, of course, you will, will recall when I was remarking that in my wife's trial, the lawfulness component was stripped away from the jury's consideration. The unlawfulness of the order was not to be considered. Um, because, of course, the order is unlawful, and they couldn't have the jury deliberate, you know, in light of that fact. My wife would, you know, be here at my side right now where she belongs. Um, and the, the government's game would have failed. Um, but that's the third kind, is criminal contempt. And that is a contempt that the judge is not the component that is bringing a charge. It is the United States bringing the charge by way okay. of an indictment, you know, with the Department of Justice flack doing their stuff and, and so forth. It's just considered a regular crime like any other crime. Uh, it just happens to be a crime. I think, I think you're saying the same thing, basically. You said it's not the judge, but a second ago you said the court, and it implied the judge. The, that's just a clear distinction that the judge is not the court. Okay, well, it's, it's an important, it's an important, that is an important distinction. Uh, the, the, here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the capacity of his official duties, his, you are muted. the judge is the embodiment of the office of the court. And when you, uh, you know, don't stop talking to your buddy yeah. while you're in the stands in a proceeding, uh, it is the judge who will, you know, point you out and say, you shut up. Uh, but they are doing it in their official capacity, and so they are at, they're, they're exercising the office of the court uh, in doing so. Uh, when someone has disobeyed an order issued by a judge, uh, that disobedience is considered an offense against the office of the court. It isn't a personal offense against the judge. It's an offense against the institution of the judicial branch of government. And uh, and that's why it is prosecuted by the United States using its standard mechanisms. The other kinds aren't prosecuted by anybody. The judge just says, bailiff, take this man down to lockup and keep him down there until he's ready to apologize. That's what happens. There's nothing. Wow. No trial. There's no nothing. It is the judge points his finger, tells the bailiff. The bailiff hauls you down to the lockup, and that's what happens. That's all there is okay. to it. Okay. Um, well, I got muted. She muted me, so he can't hear me. Um, civil contempt. Criminal contempt is different. Criminal contempt is treated like arson or, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Yo, D. No one's even on our call, so see what I mean. It's not even that important. But she muted me. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Moving back. My Moving questions back. were great. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So before we before we start with that next call, I, I yeah, want to make sure that you had gotten my uh, email. I'm about earlier. to call you. Um, I am. Hold on a second. Um, yeah. Let me let me mute this guy. Here. I'm gonna end this call so you can add that. Let's do it. Oh, hold on a second.
You there? Yeah, I'm here. Shit, go ahead and add that shit. Nice.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.